Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Cornerstone Christian Church of God podcast, where we are devoted to bringing restoration and transformation to all. To stay connected and find out more about what God is doing in His church, please visit our website, cccghq.org. Thank you so much, and we hope you are blessed by this message. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Okay, just wait. Just wait. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Aha. Okay. Do you believe that God came in the form of a human being? Wait. You're in a hurry. Wait. (laughs) Mary never had intercourse with Joseph, but yet she took in. Do you believe that? Is that possible? And then Mary birthed the Messiah. And this Messiah, God, man, grew up and then went to die on the cross for our sins. And not only that, he went into the grave where dead people go. And according to scripture, because he took the sin of the world on him at the cross, he went to hell even though he lived a sinless life. And while in hell, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, so the Holy Spirit went into hell and raised him up from the dead. And a human being for the first time ever raised themselves from the dead. People have raised others from the dead, but he raised himself from the dead. And that is why he's qualified to be our Lord and Savior. How will you know that the spirit of the Antichrist is at work around you? When you hear me say, Jesus died on the cross, you might be okay. But the moment you hear, and he was raised up again on the third day, something inside you will be uncomfortable. How is that possible? How is that possible? How is that possible? That is the oppression of the Antichrist. Many, many people today have lost the essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Many are Christians, but they've lost the essence. So the Lord is taking us back to that essence this afternoon in the mighty name of Jesus. The simplicity of the gospel. Many times in scripture, you hear them say, and they preached Christ to them. And they preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. What is that gospel of Jesus Christ? The Bible says in Acts chapter 8 and verse 35, Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. So I've been sent here this morning or this afternoon to preach Jesus to you. He preached Jesus to him. In Acts chapter 8, the same Acts chapter 8 verse 36. Now as they went down the road and they came to water, the eunuch said, here is water. What is hindering me from being baptized? The moment he received the gospel of Jesus, not a church doctrine. The moment he received the gospel of Jesus, the good news, he took action. And said, here is water. I want to be baptized. 
Perhaps there are people here today that have not taken steps in their walk with God because you've never heard the gospel. You've been hearing messages, but you've never heard the gospel. Or perhaps some people need to hear the gospel again because like the Galatians, in Galatians chapter 3, Paul said to them, Oh foolish Galatians, you started in the spirit, but you have ended in the flesh. You started with the simplicity of the gospel, but you have ended in the, in the energy of the flesh. What can I do by myself? Even though you started with Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Now you've ended with what can I do by myself. Now your walk with God has become a long list of do's and don'ts. But I know that God will deliver us and take us back to grace today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 5 and verse 42. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease preaching and teaching Jesus as the Christ. What does the word Christ mean? It means Savior. The Bible says in Matthew eleven twenty-eight twenty-nine, 29, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Many people are Christians today, but they don't have rest. Because they came, but they did not come to Jesus. And I'll prove that to you. If you and I are still carrying burdens, you have not come to Jesus yet. But I pray that today, you come to Jesus. You see, the Bible said, there was a particular time, Paul the Apostle and Peter, in different occasions, they went to meet the new believers. And they said, hey, have you heard about the Holy Spirit? And they said, no, 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 we've not heard. We are born again, but we've only heard about the baptism of John, not the Holy Spirit. And immediately they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost and then power came upon them. As a child of God, in Jesus' name, we are not meant to be carrying burdens. Because the moment you receive the gospel that one man called Jesus died on the cross for your sin, and you are humble enough to receive that message, the burdens you are carrying will be lifted off your shoulders. This is the real message of grace. That instead of you and I being convicted, somebody went to the cross for my sins. This is the message of the gospel. That's why it's called good news. It is called good news. You were the one driving the car. You got the ticket, but somebody else paid for that ticket. That's why it's called good news. And some of us, we have the grace for accumulating tickets. You only know when you go to renew your life. Did I, is that me? Yeah, it's all you. But may the Lord deliver you in the name of Jesus. Your amen can be louder than that. Hallelujah. Okay, amen. The louder the amen, the more the ticket they had. But God has delivered you. In the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 9 and verse 19. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. And then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogue. As that he is the son of God. This is the, this must be the foundation of our work with Jesus. That Jesus is the Christ. The Christ means savior. Not just from sin but from eternal damnation. 
Not just from eternal damnation, but from condemnation. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. That is why Jesus is called the Savior, because he came to save us from all those things. What's the point being a Christian if you want to save yourself? You want to work out and pay for your own salvation. No, it says work it out. He didn't say pay for it. Jesus paid for our sins already. Glory to God. Somebody shall thank you, Jesus. The name that coordinates spiritual activity for the believer is called Jesus. This is why it is in the school of the spirit. The name that coordinates every spiritual activity is called Jesus. It's called Jesus. It's called Jesus. The Bible says do everything that we're doing in the name of Jesus. It must be encapsulated in that name. Otherwise, the power of it, it will not be as powerful. Acts chapter 4 and verse 10. Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man stands before you whole. So they were saying that we did that miracle in the name of Jesus. I love this one, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. Colossians 3, 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So we bless the car in the name of Jesus. We bless the homes in the name of Jesus. We bless the children in the name of Jesus. Do all you do in the name of Jesus. You've received the certificate. You graduated. It is blessed in the name of Jesus. Giving thanks to God, the Father, through Jesus. Everything is done in the name of Jesus. Because that is a name that has been given among men in order for us to enjoy salvation. Somebody shout Jesus. Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Jesus. Now, the Bible told us in Acts chapter 10. Please, stay with me. Peter the apostle was in the house of Cornelius. And he was speaking. You know, there are many things we can preach about. But there's a difference between preaching Jesus and preaching life applicable messages. Now, both are needed. But the preaching of Jesus is what is fundamental to our work with Christ. Prosperity is good, but it will not take us to heaven. Holiness is good, but it will not take us to heaven. Because our acts of righteousness are like filthy rags before the Father. It is the, it is the understanding and the reception of the gospel that will make us candidates for heaven. Because it means according to Romans 10 verse 10, we believe in our heart and we declare with our mouth that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. What gospel did Peter preach in the house of Cornelius? 
It seems like it's just a story being narrated, but that is actually the gospel. What did Stephen preach before he was stoned? He was preaching the gospel. He started from the very beginning and began to explain the Old Testament, picking the significant events until it got to the point of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Being born and then dying and then being raised from the dead. Pardon me, if you and I are gullible enough to believe that someone died and rose up from the dead, then we are candidates for divine elevation. Because you need to be like a child to believe that somebody died on the cross and rose up again. And then you have to be born again. No wonder Nicodemus said, what do you mean born again? Should I go back in the womb? And Jesus said, no, no. Are you a teacher of Israel? And you don't understand these things. Because only a baby can believe a story like that. Only children believe in Santa Claus. Giving people gifts, but doesn't give himself gifts. Where did he buy the gifts? We don't know. Only children believe that. So we have to be like a little child in order to enter the kingdom of God. That's why it is called being born again. That's why many times people have to be at their wit's end before they can believe a message like that. Have you become so advanced that you cannot believe that Jesus died on the cross for you? Have you become so theologically sound or so educated that you're beginning to doubt the very fabric of our relationship with Christ? The writer said, if, if, if Jesus did not die, he did not raise up, was not risen from the dead, then it means that our faith is of no effect. Because that is the, the main aspect of our faith. That Jesus Christ did not stay in the ground. But he has risen. He's risen. He's risen. He's risen. And because he's risen, we cannot remain down. Somebody shout hallelujah. So every now and then we have to go back to the very fabric of our relationship with Christ. Believing that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. And all I have to do is just believe. Someone tells me the story and I believe and I'm saved. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Acts chapter 10 verse 36. The word which God sent to the children of Israel. Preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That word you know which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee on after the baptism which John preached. What is that message? How God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for the Lord was with him. Verse 44, while he was saying those words, then the Holy Ghost came. Maybe some people have not received the Holy Spirit today. Because you've not really believed in Jesus. You know, there's a difference between believing church tradition and saying Jesus was a good person. He was a good man. No, that is not what the gospel is based on. It is not based on the fact that a good man came to the earth. No, no, no. There were other good men. 
that have walked the face of the earth. Buddha, perhaps, was a good man. Socrates was a good man, perhaps, perhaps. Plato, all kinds of people that were advanced in their thinking process. Some were advanced in their personality, in the way they worked in love and all kinds of things. But the distinguishing factor is that one died for our sins. And that one did not stay on the ground. In the ground, he, he was risen from the dead. And if you and I can believe that story, that's what the Bible calls salvation. Then you cease from your own labor and you begin to put your trust in the labor that Christ has labored for you. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Jesus died. And I believe he died. And I received his death on the cross for my sins. Not your sins, but my sins. And suddenly, I'm no more carrying the burden of trying to impress anybody. I'm no more carrying the burden of trying to work out my own salvation by myself. I'm no more carrying that burden. Jesus has paid the price. Jesus has paid the price. Somebody put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, how does this gospel restore people? How does it restore? Acts chapter 13 and verse 38. Please pay attention. Coming to church is not what will save you. It is hearing the word. Letting the word get into you that will bring transformation. Someone sent a question and asked Pastor E many weeks ago. Oh, Pastor, I, I watched the message on deliverance from trauma, but I'm still traumatized. I said, of course you will be. Because hearing the message would not de-traumatize you. Hearing the message will not save you. It is following the principles that will save. Let, therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man, Jesus is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. <laughs> this is the gospel message. Imagine you're going on a highway and there's a toll gate. And you have to pay a toll in order to pass through. Jesus has become that toll. Where in order to get to the Father. That's why he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We must pass through him. And what does passing through him mean? It means believing what he has done for you. Before you begin to do anything. I'm emphasizing this point because many of us have stepped away from the message of grace. Some people abused that message. But it doesn't mean that the message is no longer powerful. Many people have stepped away from that message. We've gone to the point of now works. What do I have to do? What do I have to do? What do I have to do? You have to believe first. The moment you lose that foundation of belief, whatever you do becomes filthy rags. Through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. Jesus took the burden of our sins from the time of Adam upon himself till forever. 
So Jesus was there from the beginning, but he wasn't on in the earth from the beginning. The moment he died, he took the past sins, the present sins, and the future sins upon himself when he went to the cross. So that is why we that we came after he died can still believe in what he did. Those that came when he died can still believe in what he did. Those that came before he died. The Bible says that they, they because of what they were expecting, already received salvation. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. He ran the race so that you and I can be set free. He paid the price so we can enjoy the benefit. He faced death so that we might live. He went down so that we might go up. He's like that rich parent that bequeathed all this wealth to you that you did not work for. That's the message of the gospel. It is why it takes humility to receive that message. Many people want to pay the price. Pride wants you to pay the price. I want to do it myself. For anybody to die for me, to do it myself. I want to do it myself. So you can justify yourself that you worked out your own, you paid the price for your own salvation yourself. But with humility, we can accept what Jesus did for us on the cross. Somebody shall thank you, Jesus. No wonder he said, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation. The gospel, the good news. Someone has died for your sins. Someone has died for your sins. Someone has died for your sins. Imagine someone homeless. No money, nothing. And then some people in a black limo or whatever. Rolls Royce, let's say. Just pulled up. Are you this? Yes. Who's asking? Said, um, you have a rich, you had a rich relative that died. And they wheeled all, some people are wishing that's them now. (laughs) And they wheeled all their property to you, everything. The estate is yours. Really? Including this car you're driving? Yes. (laughs) I can imagine. The person might be hungry, might have been hungry before the message. But the moment they hear that, I expect they'll be filled up. Oh, I'm going to buy the new iPhone. That's what it is on people's minds. No, he didn't work for it, but it was bequeathed to him. That's the good news, beloved. We can be children again in the hands of the Father. Don't ever be so mature that you become an adult of God. <laughs> Don't ever be so advanced that you, you, you graduate from being a child to an uncle of God. May the grace of God help us to remain children of God. Where he died for me, I don't want to, no, I can't pay that price. One man that, that showed what this exactly means was the prodigal son. The religious people are like the older brother. They are working in the house of God, but cannot enjoy the benefits of God. 
because they believe they have to do something for it. But this boy went and messed up. Don't go mess up. Don't go mess up. You don't know the extent of grace available. Amen. So leave that side of the story. <laughs> Just an advice. <laughs> because in the process of messing up, some people die. So this boy realized, you know what? I have a father. And I know my father loves me. He scolds me, yet he loves me. He knew I was going astray, but he gave me what I asked for because that is love. So he said, how many of my father's servants are living like this? Servants. You know what? I'm going back home. And look at how beautiful this story is. By the time he got close to the house, he saw the father already waiting for him. And immediately, he prepared a speech. I'll tell my father this, I'll say this, I'll say this. Immediately, the father saw him. He didn't even listen to what he was saying. He already looked at the son and said, no, no, no. You can't be my son and dress like this. Servants, go, oh, dad, you know, I've seen servants go and bring the robe. You know, I've seen, I don't want to be a child. Bring the sandal. By the time he wore the sandal, he forgot his message. He said, man, life is sweet, man. <laughs> and he was back again. Fully in Christ. You see, human beings would put all kinds of criteria in order for you to enjoy benefits. But that is not what Jesus died for. <laughs> Pastor, are you saying that people can do whatever they want to do so long as they believe? If that's what you think, go ahead and think that. I've not said that. Who in their right senses would ask an infant to begin to pay rent? Except if there's something wrong with that person. Who would ask a child still wearing diapers to begin to pay bills? That's why we are called children of God. And you will determine how much of a child you are. Whether you are the edge of adulthood child or you are the beginning of birth child. You will decide for yourself. No wonder the Bible says in Matthew 18.4. Let's read that together, please, so you don't think I invented that. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 4. Whoever can humble themselves as a little child would enter, would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. This little child, we don't know what child he was talking about. We don't know the age. But the younger the child, I can assure you, the greater our access in heaven. It's all about the gospel. I read an article after Kobe Bryant passed away because people become more popular ordinarily. People that have added value when they pass away, they become more popular. And this journalist said he had a chance of a lifetime to interview the late Kobe Bryant. He had been trying to find a time in the schedule, but eventually something opened up. And Kobe said, you know what? If you can meet me while I'm practicing, I'm warming up in the morning. I'll, I'll be able to grant you an interview. So he said, what time? He said, um, 6 a.m. So journalists struggled to wake up. <laughs> I went to the gym and saw that he was already there sweating, which meant that he was there before 6 
And by the time they started having a conversation, I said, oh my goodness, oh yeah, yeah, I'll be here like 4 a.m. Just walking out. And that's what he, what he used to do regularly. But, but this journalist asked him a, a few questions, but what I, I'm getting at is this. He asked him, said, how do you train? How do you practice? What, you know, what are the things you do? He said, oh, I, 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 I master the basics. I master the basics. The journalist was expecting some complicated things from someone that being, that many consider a great athlete, a great basketballer. So no, no, I just keep, you know, doing basic things. Shooting three-pointers. Basic things. Basic things and perfecting basic things. You know, some people get lost in the technicalities of rabbit holes when it has to do with our faith in Christ. Going deeper in angels and demons and all kinds, those things are okay. But if you, if you lose the essence of the basics as a result, you have lost. The basic is no matter how advanced you are, no matter how much you've treaded what the high places in the spiritual realm, the basics is this. Jesus died on the cross for my sin. I didn't have the ability to save myself from sin. For God so loved the world that he gave me his only beloved son, begotten son, that whosoever believes and I have believed will not perish but have everlasting life. I believe that and it has given me access into the kingdom of Christ. Unfettered access. That's the gospel. Anytime you're battling condemnation, remember the gospel. Because when you're struggling with condemnation, it means you're at the edge of coming off of the gospel. Because the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And if you're experiencing condemnation, it means that you are possibly no longer in Christ Jesus or you're on your way out of Christ Jesus. Because inside that message, not inside church, inside the reality of that message of our frailty as human beings, of our inability to rescue ourselves, of our, of our lack of wisdom and understanding, is the message that somebody took my place in sin. Somebody took my place on the cross. And because of that, I am well able to enjoy the benefits of working with God. It's good to preach from the Old Testament. We do that a lot here too because it's the Bible. But, but, but make sure you keep this at the back of your mind when you're reading the Old Testament. They had to work for grace. But we just have to receive grace. John chapter 1 verse 14, for the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. Verse 17, and the word became flesh, verse, verse, verse 17, full of grace and truth, yes, 17, 17, 17, 17. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace, grace is what you extend to a child. Carrying a newborn baby and they, and they pee on you. And, and you're looking at them and baby just, <laughs> and you're like, it's okay, don't worry. It's good, it's good, it's okay. It's grace. You are extending grace to that child. 
because of the age of that child. You are saying, you know what? You don't know better. So I excuse your mistake. That's grace. That's grace. That's grace. Tell your neighbor, that is grace. That is grace. I am not ashamed. Romans 1, 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The simplicity of the gospel. For it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. For the Jews first and also for the Greek. For in it, in it, in what is it? The gospel is the righteousness of God. <laughs> the righteousness of God is inside the gospel. All I have to do is believe that Jesus died for me. Genuinely believe. And I am made right. I don't need any pastor's permission. I don't need any preacher's permission. I don't need any parent's permission. I don't need any deacon's permission. I don't need any, 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 you name it, it's permission. I believe. In many churches today, the Samaritan woman would never have been allowed to serve. Not even serve water. May I remind you who the Samaritan woman was? The one that had many husbands. And the one she was with was, was not her husband. Yet, Jesus Christ employed her as an evangelist. Go and be my forerunner. Go and tell people in your city about me. Go and speak on my behalf. The woman caught in adultery was thrown in the midst of Christ. And they said, hey, Moses says, crucify her. What do you say? And the one who came with grace and truth said, mm, he who is without sin cast the first stone. I know why you're doing what you're doing. You're not going to use this daughter of Abraham as a pawn. So he rescued her. Then she was there expecting a harsh judgment. You know, somebody that masturbates daily will be, will be attacking someone that got pregnant out of wedlock. Someone that watches porn. Porn is open on their phone. But yeah, they see someone pregnant and she doesn't have a husband. <laughs> she calls herself a Christian. But they leave that conversation and keep watching what they are watching. That's the world we are living in. That's the world we are living in. It is why we cannot place our our righteousness in the hands of man. Only God knows the heart of man. I grew up in a country where armed robbers would join in setting other armed robbers on fire. No, no, I don't think you heard what I said. It's jungle justice. Yeah. They catch someone, all they have to do to be condemned to death is someone saying, thief, 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 where's the thief? That thief. Tires will come from all locations. Even when there was fuel shortage, there was still gasoline to burn a thief. Not their finger, to burn a thief. And other thieves, pickpockets who join in that, in that. It's in this world that you see that criminals in prison will be beating up other criminals because they believe they, they, they committed a crime that even they as criminals say is bad. <laughs> So you see the man on the cross looking at Jesus and, and, and chastising him. And the other one will say, what is wrong with you? You are in the cross because you committed a sin. This man did nothing. 
Many of us have placed our righteousness in the hands of people. They don't know you the way Christ knows you. That's the message of the gospel. Good news. Good news. We encourage people to serve because it's good to serve. But you don't have to serve to make it to heaven. We encourage people to attend services because there are benefits. You come to Zion, you're strengthened, you go from glory to glory. Many benefits. But some people that come to church regularly might still go to hell. Because they are in church, but their heart is not in church. Criticize everybody. I mean, they're, they're there, but their mind, everything is just bitter anger. Look at it. Why is he wearing this kind of suit? What kind of suit is this? He's joking too much, laughing too much. Just. And, and, and I'm, I'm looking good. Amen. Amen. Only God knows what. Thank you. Thank you. I, you are looking good. Amen. <laughs> Only God knows what's in your own heart. But I know what is in mine. It, it wishes everybody well. It wishes everybody well. I don't put that righteousness in the hands of people. Because somebody that was born in a different school of thought can see me wear ripped jeans and say, yeah, he lost his salvation. I knew it. I knew he could not be saved. I knew it. But Jesus knows that my heart is not ripped. Amen. Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3. But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your mind may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. I watched a documentary many years ago of a particular faith. In Asia, I think, I don't remember the exact sect of Hinduism or something. They go to the temple every year. And in order to receive forgiveness. And if you see the amount of pain they were inflicting on themselves on that torturous journey to the temple, you would weep. People putting hooks, of course, in a, in an altered state. That's why they were not bleeding. Hooks on their bodies and pulling weights and burning themselves fire and all kinds of things. Because on that journey, you have to show their God, that you are sorry for everything you've done. Big hooks on the back and pulling things. And, and I said, all we just have to do is, Jesus, I'm sorry. I love you. And the Bible is saying, don't be beguiled. Don't allow the devil to, 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 to use the simplicity of the gospel to deceive you. So you mean all I have to say, do is to say I'm sorry and that's it? No, 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 no. There has to be more. There has to be more. I'll give my whole salary. It's good to do it. You should do it. Amen. <laughs> but don't do it because you're trying to get forgiveness. Because it's not going to work. That's not what you need in order to get forgiveness. Jesus paid the price already. He paid the price. He paid the price. He paid the price. And that is the gospel. That's why it is called good news. Imagine going to tell one of those people, burdening themselves. They'll take whips. 
and put thorns on the whips and, and spikes and then be flogging themselves as they're going, whooping themselves. Imagine going to one of them and saying, uh, uh, gentleman, you don't have to do this, you know. There's somebody called Jesus. He died on the cross for you. He did all this for you already. You don't have to do it. Go back home. Kneel down if you want to. Don't even have to kneel down. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I sinned. Please forgive me. And you'll be forgiven. You'll feel the forgiveness. It will, it will consume your soul. I can imagine how, how, how elated that man would be. So you mean I don't have to go through all this to receive forgiveness? Yes, you don't have to. That's why it is called good news. Now my question to you is, how many times do I have to say, Lord, I'm sorry? Jesus Christ answered that question. When Peter, you know, Peter asks the question many of us would have asked, but don't want to ask. How many times should I forgive someone that offended me in a day? Seven times? I mean, he was saying seven because seven seemed like a large number. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Seventy times seven times. People are bringing out calculators. Four, <laughs> 490 times in a day. Now, if God is asking you and I to forgive others that many times in a day, how much more God forgiving us in a day? Oh, I feel like I'm taking advantage of the grace. So, no, no. What else is there outside grace? Is the law. If you need to ask for forgiveness 100 times in a day, do it. The price has been paid. Oh, I look like I'm spoiled. Yes, you are spoiled. I am spoiled. I'm a spoiled child of God. Because I didn't pay the price. Someone paid the price for me. It is high time we get back to that place. You know, as you grow more and more expectations, God, Christ will have expectations of us. Yes. You know, when a little child in, in, in the faith says, Lord, I'm sorry, they can be forgiven without repercussions. When a grown-up child, grown-up child says, I'm sorry, they will be forgiven, but with repercussions. But the forgiveness is there. That's the good news. That's the good news. It unlocks blessings in the realm of the spirit. Jesus has paid the price for me. People may choose not to forgive me for my past mistakes. And I don't blame them. But Jesus has paid the price for me. I'm happy it is not an election to determine who will make it to heaven. I'm happy. I'm happy the Lord is not asking for anybody's permission in order to determine who to accept into heaven. I'm happy, and you should be happy too. Jesus, Jesus, that is the gospel. That is the gospel. Now, very, very importantly, before we pray, because so we're going to pray, we're going to pray. Do you want to have an encounter with Christ? I'll give you very clear steps. And I mean a bodily encounter. Number one, take the word of God seriously. If you don't take his word that you have seriously, how will you take his appearance seriously? 
Take the word of God that you have at your disposal. Take it seriously. Can you imagine if you eat the word the way you consume sports? With all your spirit, soul, and body. So when Ronaldo scores a goal, you know where you started from. But only God will decide, you decide where you end up in your celebration. People will forgive people that they've held on to for years just because their team won a match. If you can engage with the world the way you engage with your favorite sports team or when you hear their sales in your favorite store, ah, you have encounters upon encounters upon encounters. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. I'm knocking, I'm knocking. You open the door, I come in. They seek me, but they don't find me. Why? Because they don't seek me with all their heart. When you're doing other things, you are consumed by it. When you're in the world, I think, I think we should do this sometime. When you're going on social media, time yourself. Time yourself. Okay? Clock starts. And then start scrolling. And you'll be surprised how long you have scrolled for without looking at the time. Take the word of God seriously. You, you, Christ will appear to you and appear to you and appear to you and appear to you and appear to you. Ah. <laughs> While you are waiting for an encounter, wait in the word, not in your thoughts. Wait in the word, not in your thoughts. The word of God prepares the heart. And without a prepared heart, we cannot be visited by Christ. The word of God prepares our heart. The Bible says in Psalm 24 verse 3 to 4, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not lifted his soul to an idol. Then now, okay, you say, okay, oh my goodness, I'm doomed. No, relax. Psalm 119, verse 9 to 11. Psalm 119, verse 9 to 11. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. The word. Stay in the word. You have appearances upon appearances upon appearances. Stay in the word. Stay in the word. It's that simple. You see, you can worship and get supernatural visitations from angels. <laughs> but only people that are people of the word do. do. Even Saul that we talk about that was visited on the road to Damascus, he, was, he knew the word. Remember, the Old Testament word was what Peter preached from in his first message. And Paul knew the Old Testament. He was a man of the word. He just didn't know Christ, but he was a man of the word. It is a word. You can worship angels who appear to you. You can meditate all kinds of things. But if the word is not your preoccupation, Jesus 
is the word. Is the word. Meditate in it day and night. The word. The word. Even if it's songs of Solomon. Is the word. Ecclesiastes is the word. Is the word. John, Matthew, Mark. But, but when you now decide to take the New Testament. Oh, it, it's a highway. It's a highway. It's a highway into encounters with Christ. If you desire an encounter, but you're still not doing this, then somebody is deceiving somebody. Because you cannot create your own way. Jesus is the way. All we have to do is find a way. You want to go to Calvary, but you want to go through your backyard. You go somewhere, but it won't be Calgary. <laughs> Amen. Am I talking to somebody today? Look at your neighbor and just shake them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for taking the time to listen and receive the fresh word of God. Before you leave, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not born again, I, Pastor Ibukun Adewusi, would love to pray with you. If you're ready to give your life to Christ right now, please say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you are the Son of God and I believe you died for me on the cross of Calvary. I know I am a sinner and today I come to you to forgive me of all my sins and to make me a brand new creation. I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me and making me born again. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Congratulations, you are now born again. Please reach out to us on cccghq.org slash save and fill out the form completely so that we can send you wonderful materials to help you grow on your new walk with Christ. Congratulations once again. We love you and God bless you.